Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Clashing Sabers Network. Here we go again. We're home. I bypassed the compressor. You were the chosen one! Something truly special. Congratulations. You are being rescued. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. The ability to speak might not make you intelligent, but we're going to try to prove otherwise. This is the Clashing Sabers podcast, and I am one of your hosts, Brandon. I am here with my co-host. He is the man that makes Ben Quadraneros look like the hero of the saga. Ladies and gentlemen. It's true. Got it it in one. (laughs) On the third try or something like that. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I forgot the on-air sign is on. Secrets. (laughs) See that red blinking light above us? Oh, I thought that was the the jump in the bomb shelter warning. Okay, I got it. Yeah, that, okay, you good? You good? I'm, All right, I'm good. The top. I'm good. Three, two, two one. one. <laughs> oh man, welcome everybody. It's good to be home. It is. It feels really good. Uh, we haven't recorded together in a minute because uh, we've been working on some projects, including what we're starting tonight, which is our uh, our trivia tournament. So we are going to have a clashing yes. sabers trivia tournament that we have been uh, been teasing and talking about for quite some time and that is going to kick off today with our uh, Phantom Menace episode where we will have some other people join us later in the episode including Lindsay to team up with Drew for Clashing Sabers and uh, we will have Adriana and Mark forming a team of Forever Star Wars and Starships to get into the nitty gritty of the Phantom Menace but uh, after that there will be plenty more to come because we are going through all six of the George Lucas movies. Uh, we're going to have to do like come back again once we get like a sequel trilogy trivia mm. one or like a that's a really good idea. I'm sure we can come up with something after that. Uh, surely something somebody will release a book like that. that has all something or or, or the Trivial from. Pursuit, you know, like do. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, but they only Ooh. have it for the six you know, the six movies and everything like that. So uh, I know there was a black series version of the Trivial Pursuit, but I don't know what films it covered. I wonder if I can find that out. That would be pretty cool. Disney, make it. Or even just like a on, a Disney Arrow a like edition or something like that. That would be cool. So it has Solo and Rogue One as well. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Oh, man, I would pay too much money for that. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> Oh, I don't think you want to order the Black Series Hasbro Trivial Pursuit because right now it looks like it's running for $160 online. Mer. Hashtag worth I it. I don't even know. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's. I don't know about that. It's weird with like trivia because either is like way too complicated stuff I don't want to know or it goes to the other side and it's like, who is Luke Skywalker's sister? What is Han Solo's, <laughs> fr- uh, what do they call it? Like fluffy co-pilot named or whatever. Like it just, oh it's gosh. way too easy stuff. So it, I just, I, w- I want something for for the, the hardcore fans. Like I want to question about, you know, like what the Porgs are called because that's never said in the movies. Or, oh, okay. you know, the caretakers or uh, how did Palpatine uh, transfer his essence? Oh, 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 wait, hold on. What? No, too far, too far. Yeah, yeah never mind. In. Never mind. Yeah, reel it back in. Okay. We've already talked about that. It was like, look over here at shiny things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. So I, uh, 
definitely, you know, use Star Wars in the classroom like I've always told you guys and whatever. But this time I uh, I got my hands on the nine uh, book collection of the the Star Wars Golden Books. Um, and it's a, a compilation of them all put into one book. And so we did the original trilogy and I got my kids really excited about Luke Skywalker and everything. And then um, we did the prequels. Never told them, the book never mentions that Anakin is Darth Vader. So I didn't say anything oh, to them. Oh, wow. Go straight into the prequels. And there were a couple kids that knew I had to hush, but that reaction when they find out that Anakin is the one that it turns into Darth Vader was oh. pretty cool. And then... Um, but as far as Rise of Skywalker is concerned, like they were invested in, uh, you know, Luke's return in The Last Jedi and, and him winning again and everything like that. Um, and that he gave his life so that Ben could have another shot at redemption. And then um, mm -hmm. to see them get excited about Ben Solo and even get excited about the return of the Emperor, you know, because it was like, what? Interesting. And it works in a little golden book where they're like, somehow the evil Emperor Palpatine has returned. And I'm reading it and I'm going, this works. Right. In a kid's book. Not in a two and a half hour yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, small difference when you're playing to a different audience, you know, it makes it a little bit easier transition that way. Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh... And at the same time, like, it's interesting because The Last Jedi, you leave out so much when you're just condensing it down to a 15-page, you know, three-sentence-a-page book. Sure, yeah. Like, there's no mention of Haldo. There's barely talk about Leia. Like, it's it makes you realize how much of that movie is Rose and Finn. Oh, wow, really? Is that what you It really is because, like, you know, I started... Because we were talking about, you know, identity and masks and ghosts from the past. And so <laughs> knowing that it was coming to be, you know, Ben Solo and that they would make that connection, I kind of primed them of like, let's think about, you know, Anakin changed his name when he became Darth Vader and that showed a change in identity and stuff like that. And so we talked about how Ray not having a last name is a reminder, you know, of not having a family and and mm -hmm. something's missing and stuff like that, right? We get into those conversations. And so I set all that up and set it up so that they were focused on Rey and Kylo in The Force Awakens, knowing that's where it went in Rise of Skywalker, and just assuming, right, because right, right. I focus in Last Jedi, I focus on Rey and Kylo. To me, that's that's Kylo's movie. No, I mean, in this book, it's primarily Finn and Rose. They take up a good portion of the huh. story. And, I wonder uh, if those two, two characters are the only ones who go and have like an adventure adventure I, yeah, I that film allows. Like everybody else has qu got quiet, introspective kind of hmm, do, which path of these do I particularly take? But nobody else is dodging faviers and things. So that the excitement, I feel like, is probably going to come from that, you know, that Canto bite sequences. And even like the uh, sneaking onto Snoke's uh, yeah. destroyer and fighting Phasma and all of that stuff, like so oh, yeah, I about all that. They de <laughs> they definitely hit all of that, but it's like uh, yeah. the um, the Force connection gets a sentence, like you don't go through the different scenes sure. of it and stuff like that. So I which. Mean, <laughs> 
again, it's a different audience. It's interesting how much like the, the themes can be boiled down to, though, when we remember that the audience for these kind of things is really, like you said, that 9 to 12-year-old range is perfect for that kind of thing. And I'm sure the kids can probably identify with, you know, family issues and learn, you know, tra- cha- trying to change who you are because at that age you're still trying to figure out who you are and what you start to realize the things you like about yourself, and what you don't like about yourself, and what you like in other people and you start asking those well, how do those questions about like how do I get there from here? Mm-hmm. So you kind of like I like that we can still take it and boil it down to which is odd because really if we think about it the movie should be for those kids to begin with. I mean, they're not really for you and I anymore, which is okay. We get to play with it in different ways, but I think we we do a pretty bad job of remembering from time to time that, you know, maybe well, the nine-year-old perspective isn't the one to, to disregard first. I, I completely agree with that. And I also think the one thing that, like, Star Wars really taught me uh, in terms of, like, how its story is told and how I convey information to mm-hmm. my students is you don't talk down to kids. Star Wars never talks yeah. down. To, like, they don't hide these hard themes and stuff like that. And so, like... I always focus in Empire Strikes Back. I always really emphasize the I am your father moment of Luke had literally everything he ever wanted right in front of him. And all he had to do was give up what he believed in. And instead of that, he literally jumps to his death. Like he doesn't know that Weathervane's going to be there. Like he doesn't know what's going to happen to him. But he cares so much about being the right kind of person that he's willing to give up everything he's ever wanted to die as a good person. And like, I talked to them and I'm like, you know, I don't know if I would do that. Like, I like to think that I would do that. Yeah. You know, but in that situation, do I have what it takes to be that hero? And I challenged them to think about that too and stuff like that. And so when, you know, um, we have Ben, you know, giving his life because of the compassion that Ray had for him. Would you be able to make that choice? I don't know if I would, you know, like, or if, you know, like when you were dealing with Anakin, you know, I'm like, I told him, I was like, let's be honest. All of y'all love one of your family members more than you love the other family member. Like it may be your mom, maybe your dad, but you love somebody more than you love the other people. And I was like, now imagine you can, save that person from dying all you have to do is destroy the entire school and for kid like that hits different for kids that haven't been in school in two years oh wow that's an interesting point yeah and they're like oh because they're not just thinking about the people that they would hurt they're thinking about the institution that they would hurt they don't realize that but like on a subliminal level they're they're thinking on that level of the things that it provides for the community in the same way that the jedi order provided something for the galaxy and that's where you really like with luke they're like yeah i could do it i could do it you know because they want to be luke's everyone wants to be luke skywalker but Mm -hmm. you know when you're like think about the you, you already have anakin losing his mother you know, you already see this anger in him. And then here's the the person he loves more than anyone in the world, in the galaxy. And all he has to do is give up what he believes in. And that's when it really starts to hit, when that starts repeating that idea again. Mm. And it's something, because Luke is, and this was a problem for me growing up with Luke. Luke is almost too good of a hero for young kids to be able to feel like they can see themselves in to me 
I always had trouble seeing myself in Luke Skywalker until I got older and was really able oh, to interesting. analyze his story overall. Now he's, you know, one of my favorite characters and especially with Last Jedi. But I was like, ah, he's yeah. too goody two shoes when I was watching the original trilogy. But Anakin had that edge that I felt at that age. <laughs> Yeah, you know, nice job, Edge Lord. Is there anything to like a lesson where, when you're talking about Anakin specifically, about the way in which somebody he trusted turned out to be a bad person? Like, I'm not quite sure where you take it um, in that age range because I don't know that you really want to instill a complete distrust of authority figures at nine. Um, eh, but is there anything maybe. to like he 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 trusted in Palpatine and really? leaned on that understanding and accepted him as a part of his family but it turns out he did that in to horrifyingly dangerous consequences like i don't know if there's anything to that because that's kind of what i see like part of the message there is like the easy manipulation of the child who needs approval in their life is just right for the taking and without proper understanding of you know not everyone in the world has your best interest at heart is too much at that age uh, when I think about that, when I say that out loud, it's a little bit much probably for that age group. I think it. I think it depends on the level of the age group and which text you use to to present to them. Because okay. you don't get a lot of pal. Well, you don't really get any Anakin Palpatine stuff in the Golden Books version of it until well, uh, Palpatine's true. revealing that his he's a Sith Lord. And yeah, and I suppose if you're staying with the, just kind of like the, the text instead of going to the films themselves, which you probably aren't doing yet, right? No, no. Okay. Um, but, I mean, okay. I can definitely see a version where you do teach that way of finding fulfillment in yourself and not in other people because Anakin's always trying mm -hmm. to replace somebody. He's trying to replace his father. He's trying right. to replace his mother. Uh, then he's trying to replace Padme and especially in an area and in a time when you have a lot of kids who are trying to replace their father, trying to replace their mother, whether Ugh. for whatever situation it may be, there's a, a variety of reasons that might be true. Sure. And, sure, sure. Yeah. but you know, that's what kids do. And so it's, it's and it's what people are dealing with. I mean, it's like mm -hmm. it's a real world consequence of like, we don't have a good way to give everybody the support that they all need and so that makes so many people so vulnerable and then there's so many opportunists out there who want to take advantage of that and it's just horrifying and uh, man well and i think i don't particularly envy your your role with the, the young kids of today as it were i mean i think one of the things like is just and, and this is part of just who i am as a person like i've always like felt a need to, you know, use my own pain to try to help other people feel mm -hmm. better, you know, and, and not to say like, oh, you know, I have, I have it worse than you or, you know, but just to say like, sure here, I like, I, I understand what it is like for life to suck sometimes, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, when we were talking about Luke and Vader, like I got into how my dad and I fought like a lot when I was a kid and I always saw myself as Luke and him as Vader and that I could, you know, I could save him. I could change him and everything. And it wasn't until I realized that Luke did it through love that I was like, maybe I should start being nice instead of just trying to. <laughs> and, you know, like that was a game changer, but that I like, I saw that in some kids eyes click of like, Oh, you don't have to like, especially 
in low socioeconomic and uh, areas with a population of, of uh, high people of color, you do have a tendency to have a culture of physicality being prominent. Like that's it's just statistics. Like I'm I'm not saying anything about anybody, but statistically you do. And so you have these kids who have the older brothers that have solved it by pushing people around, or you have the uncle who, you know, has weapons on him or whatever. And it's not everybody. I'm not saying that at all, but it is, there is that out there. And so to be able to present a different kind of hero and see some kids click with that and be inspired by Luke Skywalker 40 years almost you know 44 years later or whatever we're at now uh, it's yeah. it's it really is a testament to these stories that even though our times have changed our culture has changed um the stories that we need stay the same right right you know Absolutely. this is why we've been trying so hard to get these books into classes good grief <laughs> Patreon.com slash Clashing Sabers. No, seriously, but though we do have a lot of them. And, it's true. Uh, we do have a lot we can give out to people, and, and so all we need is hands to take them. You know, yeah. a mailing address to send them to and a name to attach it to. And, and, and I have and, boxes. And I have books. I. What state do you want them to go to first? Like, if you could pick a state that we haven't sent things to yet, where should they go? Oh, man. See, that's... I don't know... So you put them on the spot with one simple question. You only have one of, like... 45 choices to make i know because i know we sent them to north carolina you got some in yeah. texas we sent them to california uh pennsylvania i think we did i think we Florida, did pennsylvania we did. there was somebody in nebraska i'm pretty sure nebraska. georgia i had a pen pal in nebraska in third grade they had never seen the ocean before i thought they were lying <laughs> but story time with drew think about it. Um, I mean, just you know fun facts about me I think it'd be cool to do something like like a Hawaii or an Alaska, something oh, way, way out, there. out there. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh-huh. I don't know what shipping out there looks like these days. I, yeah, I don't either. So I didn't know that ports are not doing so great. <laughs> we'll just drive it there. Yeah, that'll go. Yep, that'll go great. That'll yeah. go really, really well. Hey, I can't. With I've watched enough Fast and Furious movies. Cars can do anything. That's. <laughs> I almost, almost went to go. I went to go rent the the new one, the ninth one. Please I was do like, it. Why not, dude? It's twenty dollars to rent it. I was like, thank you, no. I'll wait till it's three ninety nine. Yeah, it is not that worth bad. twenty dollars to rent. Uh, no, thank you. Uh, no man, it's so bad. I, <laughs> like I wish I could lower I wish I could lower your expectations more than you've already lowered oh, them but I, I really can't. Yeah, I don't know that you need to worry about those. It's not a thing you have to stress over. <laughs> I just watched oh, the yeah. the honest trailers about it and it literally oh. was like everything I was saying in the theater honest trailers was doing oh, and it was man. like it's so goofy. When I, when honest yeah. trailers is a legitimate criticism of your film <laughs> We have a problem. Oh my gosh! So oh my goodness. Okay, so we kind of so, we kind of talked about we what I've been on this podcast. <laughs> we, we talk Star Wars. We talk Star Wars. Um, and we're gonna talk Phantom Menace tonight. So I thought it would be fun to uh, do a little thing where we kind of share a memory from uh, that time period of the Phantom Menace, oh. whether it's your first viewing or <laughs> what the anticipation was like or whatever. <laughs> Do, 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 do. 
Do you know that 1999 is widely regarded as one of the best years in cinematic history? I believe it. It's true. You should look it up. A lot of good movies came out that year. Not mm-hmm. as good as like 2008 or 1939, but hey, some good ones nonetheless. Not everybody can be 1939. I mean, it's hard. You've got things like Wizard of Oz and, uh, you know, that other movie that's really good. <laughs> All of my see now. This is the dangerous thing of podcasting because now I'm pretty sure I screwed up one of those two facts. Either it's not 1939, or that's not when the Wizard of Oz came out. And and all four people who know that and listen to this show are going to be mad at me. <laughs> so send your send your emails uh, to clashingsabers at gmail.com. Brandon will read them or not. That's definitely not our email address. Oh, it's not. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's not clashingsabers at gmail.com. No, but please send it there just so I can try to figure out who has that email. One moment. <laughs> One moment, please, sir. It is clashingsabers network at gmail.com. Oh. Okay, well, all right. Travel back in time with me to 1999 then instead of making fun of me where people can hear it. No, what fun would that be? Let's do both. Let's do both. How old were you in 1999? Let me ask you a better question. Did you see this in the theaters? I did. Okay, and did you see it like opening night, or I did, did you not. have to wait? I had How to close wait. to release did you see it? So, my birthday is in May, which is right around uh, the release date. I don't remember the exact release date, um, mm, but my birthday was a it. couple days after, if I remember correctly. And so, when the prequels came out, that was my birthday party. I got to have a friend come, and we went and saw the new Star okay. Wars movie. And so... Uh, I had to wait a few days on Phantom Menace. And so, yeah, so I I wasn't able to go like right away. And obviously, like with all that hype and I'm nine and I (laughs) just saw A New Hope in theaters, you know, a little bit before that. Uh, Didn't get Uh to see Empire and and Jedi in theater, but got to go see A New Hope in theater. First Star Wars movie in the theaters. Uh, I just everything it was star wars everything all day all the time um and not much has changed and <laughs> so i remember uh, a bunch of my friends and i were like we re- we really wanted to know what was going to happen and everything and in retrospect we could have just like gotten the book or, or something like that you know um the comics were probably out there before the movie came out in those days mm. I, I don't think that is accurate. The, I think the only thing we had pre-release of the film was the soundtrack, which had its own issues and spoilers, yeah. by the yeah. way. Like, oh, my goodness. Rip Qui-Gon. Sorry. Um, no, but I remember Nobody we, looked at the track listing and was like, let's take another pass at this, guys. It wasn't John, that... John, do we have to call it Qui-Gon's noble end? <laughs> like... Is that a necessary thing? Could we change that to something else, perhaps? Uh, maybe we could call it uh, Qui-Gon Gets Stabbed. I like that. <laughs> Darth Maul Beats Qui-Gon. <laughs> .mp3. .mp3 at Napster.com. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I remember the day after the release, uh, we stood around and one of our after-school teachers... Uh, had seen the movie and mm-hmm. we all stood there and he told us the whole movie. Oh my goodness. The entire, like every single thing he explained, like, and he, he did a good job of it. He explained going down into Odagunga and he was like, and you walk through this thing and somehow they're automatically dry and whatever, like all this <laughs> stuff. We're just like, wow. And, uh, um, wow, he got it early. Yeah. Like it was detailed. We, 
it was the whole like hour and a half after school program was him telling us about the Phantom Menace. Mm, and so I remember that kind of taking a little bit of the joy away when I finally got to go see it because it was like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. that's how he said it was going to be. Oh, yeah, that's how he said oh, that was going wow. to be. Bummer. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why I don't watch a lot of trailers today. That's a good reason, too. Yeah. That's because an awful good reason <laughs> i see i like and it's just my adhd brain i'm like i see that and i'm like oh cool i saw that in the trailer <laughs> like i'll never be able to see bb8 in the case in the case of rogue one <laughs> well yeah that was great um but like bb8 rolling along as they're they're running on jakku mm -hmm. it's always going to be the trailer shot for me well yeah i mean okay. which it is but it, like it takes me out of the movie for a second Oh, I see. And so I oh, like man. having just enough to get the aesthetic of this is what the movie's going to look like. And then and, and I've actually expanded it out even beyond Star Wars now. Like, I haven't watched the new Spider-Man trailer. Oh, um, I'm not like I, I'm not actively avoiding things like I do on Star Wars. Like, I know I've seen screenshots and, you know, some okay, so memes you know, and everything. Some of the things. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not. Losing spoiler alert if you uh, are, let's just be real careful. Let's be uh, real careful. There's you know, there's it's out there that there's uh, characters returning and characters uh, crossing over and stuff like that. And so I'm not like worried about seeing things, but I don't want to I don't want to know what the storyline is yet. I want to yeah. just sit here and be like, oh, my God, that character's coming back. That's going to be really cool. And, mm. you know, we knew Dr. Strange was going to be in it, but we're seeing like different looks for Doctor Strange and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm interesting. So <laughs> it just makes it motivates me to want to go see it more. And especially after not having the theater experience for so long. That's like true. I used to go to the theater every weekend and I've gone three times in the past two years. Oh my gosh. You know? And like one of those was when I finally got to see Empire Strikes Back uh at that one theater was showing it and it was like literally like booths that you were in isolated Ooh. and there was like three of us in the entire theater and then that actually uh, sounds pretty cool i wouldn't mind it, it was stuff. great oh it was great it was an expensive ticket but it was <laughs> worth every penny Man, um, been in the movie theater since before the whole shutdown in march of 20 god i just been recently started going back like i really i went and saw uh cruella right when it was like okay you can go back and i'd had my vaccine and everything like that you know like it was your and you were like it's cruella's for me i mean I, it was a good movie i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna jump right back into the pond with cruella and uh and then i saw black widow so there you go now you're talking it was good it was good but i'm uh i'm on it i'm looking forward to uh all of this just passing because um i want oh wait hold on yeah wait what i'm getting hey, something like from the back <laughs> Somebody's handing you a note. Mm -hmm. We'll tell them we're talking about the Phantom Menace for a few minutes here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh no, we're messing it up again. Sorry, guys. That's Texas's oh, fault. My Brandon bad. Doesn't know how to get a, any. He's not picking up what I'm putting down, guys. I'm sorry. Anyways, <laughs> Drew, tell us what what stands out to you for the Phantom. Oh, before before that, very importantly, oh, okay. another thing that stands out for me for Phantom Menace, <laughs> Taco Bell. I'm sorry. What? 
Taco Bell had the Star Wars toys, and oh, I got the Darth no. Maul on the little Sith speeder where you, it was oh, one of those ripcord ones where you pull the this. plastic thing out and it goes across the table. God, I love that thing. You still have it, don't you? I wish. I really do. I don't. I'll find one and buy it and send it to you for your birthday. Please do. It's probably on eBay for like $360. I was about to say, if it's anything more than $3 and free shipping, I am not buying it. <laughs> well, it's good to know where I Jeez. rank in your, in your life. Well, I'm, no, it's not you. It's the toy. <laughs> <laughs> also, by the way, when you pull up eBay and you put it in Taco Bell because it's the first two terms I put in there. There are some weird things people will sell you on eBay. That's all I'm going to say. Wow. Nope. I can't do this at the same time I'm talking to people. This is not a good idea. So, yeah, there are some weird, weird, inappropriate things for episode one when it came out and the the, uh, marketing things that they did. Do you remember the Jar Jar Binks lollipop that was Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think... It, like, because like you said, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, and KFC, I think, were owned by the same Yum Corporation or whatever it is, and they had the giant cups with the plastic tops, and the straw went down Jar Jar's throat. I don't know why. Yeah, Jar Jar was always the one. You're like, I don't. I'm not comfortable <laughs> operating this particular device. It's not cool. The com- one of the comic stores here has some of those cups still. No, they should not the Jar Jar <laughs> specific ones. I don't think, but I've seen like the Queen Amidala one and. And uh, I think they had some from like other movies too. I think there were a few there that were released. Some weird things that came out because everything was branded. Like I remember we tried to like a couple of us were at school were trying to collect like the Pepsi cans. Yes, had all the different characters on them. That was a horrible idea. Pepsi does not stay very well in those cans after a couple of years. By the way, turns out you're supposed to put a hole in the bottom and drain the soda out so that it doesn't go bad. Interesting. Then you have to fill the can with soda and put some soap in there and clean it so that you don't get bugs. The more you know. Or you could just not keep the Pepsi can. I am a fountain of wisdom. All kinds of useless things that you're never going to need to know again. You're not wrong there. Somebody out there is going to be like, how do I clean this soda can from the inside without opening the pop tab? And then they're going to be like, I remember that one time somebody on some show said... You poke a hole in it, you drain it, you fill it with water and soap. Or even better, they're going to be asking a friend, and friends going to be like, hey, I know where we can find this out, and they're going to send the episode. <laughs> New yeah, listener, baby. Yeah, look at you and your optimism. I appreciate that. <laughs> Hi, Joe in Ottawa. That's really specific. <laughs> and um, I feel bad for everybody named Joe in Ottawa at the moment. It's really, really spooky. They just got a free shout-out. What do you mean? You know, somebody was just pulling their car over being like, they're watching me. <laughs> we're not. We're, I swear we are not doing that. I mean, we might be, but we're not. Drew's not. Anyway, anyway, like I said, we collectively are not. But in, in the singular possessive, I, I cannot speak for all the singulars in the room. So anyway, Phantom Menace is what we were talking about, right? Uh, I think so. I think what stood out to me about it at the beginning, one of the things that um, I kind of noticed, and again, it was... it's it, out of everything that happens in that film and how important that movie was and everything that it did, it was weird how the, this, the, to me, well, I mean, not weird is the right way to say it, but it seemed like they launched into the action so much faster in this one mm-hmm. than in the other three films. It was like, 
and I, it, this is kind of a hard thing to think about, but you got to kind of unwind how we've all watched movies for the past 20 years. Um, and even another 25 years before that, because Star Wars really kind of upped the pace of films. And like, it's hard to understand that now, but in 77, that was such a fast paced movie. It was hard to keep up with. Nowadays we watch it and it feels like it drags. Like you're, you're on Tatooine for like 20 minutes before you even meet Luke Skywalker. So to have the main characters in Phantom Menace show up on the, the, uh, the droid ship, and just almost instantly launch into slicing and dicing was really kind of fun to watch. It felt more like a James Bond movie. They always have that introduction action sequence before they do the title song. So it's kind of a strange way. We kind of like set them some things up to be like, okay, this is a little different. And then, you know, the story wanders around, but that kind of was like something we noticed at the time when we were watching, I was like, this just feels different. And I don't know if that's a, an evolution of like George Lucas storytelling ability or because he was so excited about the technology, he knew he could use it uh, and used it more frequently. He felt a little bit more inclined to make it fast paced and exciting like that. Yeah. I think it's a, a mixture of both of all of it, you know, sure, like sure. you do have to like, that's the thing you have to remember the time, like you said, that movies mm-hmm. were being made in and, the one thing I think Star Wars does effectively is, you know, it does adapt while also keeping it timeless. Like, I I can show kids A New Hope now, and they'll sit and watch it even though you are on Tatooine sure. for 20 minutes. Because there's something there that just connects. And we forget, too, you know, like, we make jokes about, you know, being on Tatooine for so long and power conversions and stuff like that. But it starts off with a, a space battle. You know, you start off with a big ship chasing after, you know, another ship. You have stormtroopers That's blowing true. through a door. So it's not that it starts completely. It's that it it doesn't get to what we think about with the movie until later. Right. And in it Phantom really Menace... Expects, it expects the audience to have done that homework already to mm-hmm. know. Like, when we say when a Jedi arrives, we expect you to know what that means. You know, somebody in cloaks and lightsabers, and you're not going to be like, who are these guys? Like, as I, I, I wonder how long it takes. Like, if the Phantom Menace is your first exposure to anything in this world in the Star Wars universe. How long does it take you to watch that movie before you start clicking in? Okay, these guys are this thing and, you know, this is what a Jedi is and this is what that is and all and I like I can't imagine how long it takes until you feel comfortable in that world if you haven't done all that homework beforehand. Well, it's kind of a, a situation if we think about it, you know, like with mythology of, you know, we can look at Greek and Roman miss now and we miss something because we don't we weren't living in that culture and people now are living in the culture where jedi is just thrown around so like even people who are going in and that's their first experience or force awakens was their first experience or whatever like people know what jedi are at least they may not know sith sith is not like as common but people know what a jedi or they at least know the jedi is the hero in star wars or or something of that nature enough to go like these are the ones that i'm supposed to be rooting for like they're the good guys um maybe understanding the the force or exactly what their role is or things like that might be a little bit confusing for sure. Um, well, even things like droids and stormtroopers mm-hmm. and, and the Nemoidians themselves, like it could it would be very odd if that's kind of your first exposure to it and you're not familiar with the language that the film is trying to use. 
Um, Boy, can you imagine if Force Awakens was your first introduction? That would be super cool. I think that would be great. I think it would be a whole lot easier to get into Force Awakens than it would be to get into uh, Phantom Menace as your first introduction. Nah, see, I think it would be Phantom Menace because Force Awakens, I think, I think Force Awakens expects you to do more legwork in terms of the history of Star Wars because you have to know who Han, Luke, and Leia already are. You have to know about the Rebellion versus the Empire. You have to know... I don't think because the characters don't have that information either. Like Ray doesn't know, but like, but Ray, Ray and Finn know the, the know Han Solo, but they but they banter enough and have enough gaps in their knowledge where we can actually fill in what the real picture looks like. So when we see him, we kind of have the same opportunity for an impression that the characters do. So I think that there's a better opportunity, especially like think about how much they talk about Luke and the Jedi as legends. And, you know, no one's really sure what's true and what's not. It's like, that's a pretty easy way for an audience member to, to be first introduced into a thing like that. Like, mm. you have, I can't remember, and I'm, I promise not to make fun of you too much for this, but have you watched the Lord of the Rings movies yet? Yeah, that's what I thought. Did your internet drop out again on you? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, okay, I'm back okay. now. There's a lot of education that those films do, both at the beginning of the movie and throughout, where it spaces out like, we know you don't understand what's going on, so we're going to take a couple minutes and give you a little bit of history. It'll be fun and exciting, I promise. Brandon, it's worth watching. Okay. I can't God. believe it. I'm, you know what? I'm proud of you for watching The West Wing, where you are, and I'm going to keep that and ride that high for a little bit. But once you finish season seven... We're gonna sit down and watch Lord of the Rings together. Something, okay? Fine. This is important. I I need you to see. This is important. (laughs) I've had them on before. That's not. Oh, that's not the same thing. I'm just kidding. I'll watch them. Continue. They're about. What if I told you they're about family? Oh, now you got me. Uh, there's, uh, uh, Vin Diesel uh, as Gandalf. There's, mm, uh, there are no racing sequences that I can think of immediately. None whatsoever. Dang. It's a lot about family. Family trees and lineage and (laughs) kings and their begottens and the life. Never mind. I appreciate you trying. I really do. Oh, man. Guys, help me out. Somebody. (laughs) Where's Mark when I need him? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Anyway, good grief. Yeah, but I, so, I yep. <laughs> I I would definitely stick with the in terms of feeling the weight of it, I think you have to go into the movie knowing what happens and you have to go into Force Awakens knowing what happens in the original trilogy because Luke Skywalker, I thought he was a myth. Like we're supposed to be like, "Oh, okay, now he's gone and he's you know, went from being this farm boy to now he's a myth, you know. Uh, you have Han, that, that moment with Han Solo, wasn't he a smuggler or a pirate or, you know, whatever, when they're all saying different things. Like, that's a play to the audience of, like, remember he was all of those things, and now he's grumpy old Han again. And Chewie were home, and the first meeting between uh, Han and Leia. Um, I'll give you a lot of that. There is a lot of that which is specifically intended for those who who do have that information who have been watching these films you know three times a day every day for the last 40 years but i still feel like it's a strong on-ramp for those new watchers and hoping in hopes of converting them into fans rather than you know 
the Phantom Menace when now well, I was I was going to try to think about how the pod race might affect that because no one had any idea what that really was until we sat down and watched that movie. But but here's the, pile, the thing: the amount the amount of things that the film in, that Phantom Menace introduces on top of what it expects you to already know, I feel like is a lot of information to begin with. But and I don't think it expects think you to know that much. Like, I don't, I, you don't have to know that Sidious and Palpatine are the same. You don't have to know that the Empire comes at the end of these three movies. You don't have to know what a Sith is. You don't have to... No, but you have to, you have to understand a little bit more fundamental things, like what hyperspace actually is. Like, it's their method of transportation. You have to understand that this is a, a do space you? movie. That w- I think you do. You like, have to understand it any more than you would in 1977 watching A New Hope well, when they jump well, to light about, speed? He, you know, they have a whole sequence in the cockpit where, you know, Han is explaining jumping through hyperspace, ain't like Dustin Krupp's boy. You know, and he has to kind of catch the peop, you know, catch the listener up and say, this is a dangerous thing we're about to attempt. Whereas, you know, when we get to Phantom Menace and they escape Naboo and there's, you know, oh, the hyperdrive gen- motivator has been damaged. Okay, sure. So we have to stop. Or we're losing fuel. It's like, I, are you sure? Like, I feel like it's a lot harder to do that to, to kind of understand and ride with some mm-hmm. of that stuff than it is the, than, uh, than other examples. I strongly disagree with that because you think about, I mean, you have that in car movies, fighter pilot movies, you boats leaking fuel. Like, you have those stories out there where, sure, maybe you don't know what hyperdrive <laughs> uh, yes. is. Who can remember the bestseller of 2014 all about the boat leaking fuel? Good times. I hate you. <laughs> But I, yeah, I, like you I set think that up. I just knocked it out. <laughs> I think at at most, even if I were to give you, which I don't, I don't agree with you on that. I think that there's enough information there for you to go. Okay, the ship's damaged. This is making it hard for them to get past the blockade. You don't need to know that they're about to jump to you know another system or whatever. You've got you're getting shot at. Our shields are down. Our ship is hurt. R2-D2 is the one that saves it. And you don't even have to know who R2 is. Like the, it, true. It doesn't no expect one knows you. who R2 is at that point. Yeah. Right. Nobody knows who Anakin is. Nobody, you, you don't need to know who Obi-Wan is. You don't need to know who Yoda is. Like, you, you literally don't need to know any of the characters to well, understand the it, story. In you, fairness, do you, do you not feel like the moment where, he sa- where Qui-Gon says, Anakin Skywalker meet Obi-Wan Kenobi is not akin to... You know, Han and Chewie coming in and saying we're home? Akin to, yes. As significant in terms of having to have background information, no. I think it's one of those moments where it can speak to us who know Star Wars and we're like, oh, cool, that's the moment that Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi met. But if you're not there, if you don't know that, it just lacks the gravitas. It's just an introduction. It doesn't affect you understanding the story. Where I think my point is, where in Force Awakens, it helps. It helps both if you know, but also if you don't know, it makes sense because you know you've got a little bit of under. Well, actually, let me take that back because by that point, we haven't mentioned anything about Han Solo, have we? No. And like, well, they've got the Falcon. They don't know it's well. They know it's the Falcon. No, they don't. Mm, no, they don't know it's the Falcon. Do they, they don't know it's the Falcon. They All don't right. know exactly what Han did. Uh, Han gives this like look they know of his like name. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, I knew Luke. You know, and you have this look where you're like, you can see him 
seeing all of those moments again. But if you have never seen those moments, it's like, why do I care? Like, who is this Luke? No, I, or, I don't. I mean... I, it's a moment of good acting is what that is. It is a moment of good acting. And it's not, uh, it's not saying that it lessens or that it Harrison Ford didn't do, play the scene effectively. The point is for the audience to be able to stop and think about all those Han and Luke moments at the same time. Like, that's one of those moments where you're doing the same thing that the actor or the character is doing, rather. Mm, is it? I, th- I think so. I don't I th- know. I have to go back and rethink about that because I don't think that, that's not what I got out of that scene at all. But OK. And we'll I'll have to do that when we get to the Force Awakens trivia. <laughs> oh, dude, that's going to be Disney. Be so much fun. We need Trivial Pursuit Come cards on, for... All right. Um, yeah. So we talked a lot about the Force Awakens on this Phantom Menace episode, <laughs> but it is well, it is interesting to think about the you know the dynamic between the first movie and the trilogy because even you talking about uh, you know the beginning of A New Hope versus the beginning of Phantom Menace. One thing I was thinking about is like you know Phantom Menace starts. We'll we'll say it starts fast because you have that you know little battle with the droids mm-hmm. and everything like mm-hmm. that. But then it really slows down for a long time until you get to Tatooine. Like there's huh. there's the there's the one scene where they jump down you know and and get the the droids. There's the you know and then there's the scene with the ship. Um, but in terms of like chase you know being on the Death Star or. Uh, a lightsaber duel or a giant space battle, uh, you know, all those things that we attribute to a new hope as like, those are the things that really, you know, smack and everything like that. Like those, they do, they do what they smack. They're really good. Is that what the kids say these days? Yes. You're not. I thought we were still on slaps and, and, and on fleek and things like that. No, no. Okay. Sorry. (sighs) But it's it's let, let's just let's say this. It gets pretty crunk, okay? And <laughs> oh, I remember him from Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I I would be interested. Maybe that'd be a, a, an interesting thing to sit down and time the gaps in A New Hope <laughs> versus the gaps in Phantom Menace, where you wow. go from action scene to action scene. Like how? Which one is actually the slower movie? Oh, I think I think. A New Hope would be much slower than Phantom Menace because, like, you don't spend a lot of time before you're in Odagunga, and then you don't spend a lot of time there, and you've got you got OPC monster chases, and you've got you know infiltrating the the palace and and meeting up with the queen and trying to free people. And I mean, there's out. a lot of things that happen for sure. But yeah, that's pretty exciting when they're slashing droids left and right. I mean, in that same if you think about it, in the same period that happens, you're talking about. You know, Luke having breakfast with Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen, and uh, R two escapes at night. They recover him from the from the Tusken Raiders. He meets Obi- he meets Ben Kenobi. They talk. He, he gets the lightsaber. They go back to the farm. The farm is on fire. So there's a you know, it's a long time before somebody gets you know their arm cut off. Like the next exciting thing that happens is well, exciting in quotation marks. Yeah, um, is when Ponda Baba gets his arm sliced off. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they're two they, as similar as these movies are, and as they, and as weird as it is that they both come from the original source, they are two wildly different films. 
like the ways in which movie making changed between 77 and 99 like i don't think we can understate that at all and if you were to line these two films up side by side and do kind of like you're talking about a scene by scene analysis and comparison which does sound like a blast by the way um would also take forever worth it they would be yeah yeah we need to work on that (laughs) all right let's table that (laughs) i i think that you're going to come away with a a lot of things that are remarkably similar but there's some drastic differences too especially like like i was saying in like the pacing and 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 whatnot although the structure is i can i can see how the structure is similar but the one thing i appreciate about the phantom menace that really was the last time that i saw it was how much qui-gon jinn is the main character of this film Mm-hmm. And you didn't. I never really put to, that together. Like one of my questions for Phantom Menace was always, "Who's the protagonist? Like, who is this movie about?" Because in your brain, you want it to be about Anakin because he's the one who the story of the prequels is supposed to be following. But he doesn't even show up for an hour and a half. Feels like maybe it's just an hour, but it's a long time before you ever actually see his character appear on screen. But if you start to reframe it and understand that Qui-Gon is the main character, he's the protagonist, he's the one whose decisions affect the outcome and the direction of the storyline, it started to make a whole lot more sense. So I've, I've gained an appreciation for it over the years, I think. And I think, you know, with Force Awakens, as much as we talk about it, you know, people say it's a, a copy of A New Hope and everything like that, just over our discussion, I think it's a nice mix of A New Hope and Phantom Menace because it has those... Uh, intense moments and then it has those quiet moments like Ray's introduction yeah. is about as pitch perfect as you could get you know like and it's yeah, slow and it's it's like introducing Luke but then you also have you know the the first order attack on the village and that's pretty fast paced you have uh, the Poe and Finn flying the TIE fighter that's reminiscent of yep. uh, you know everybody's uh, hero Rick O'Lee. Um, so, you know, like I think it, I think in, in retrospect, when you look at like the three movies as beginnings of the saga, I think for as much as force awakens was, we're going back to the old stuff. We're going back to the old stuff and every, that whole exhausting, uh, you know, mm-hmm, language mm-hmm. that they use there. It's, it's a mix of the two, kinds of storytelling the two t- ways of telling a story is the phantom menace your favorite prequel oh no no no, no revenge really? of the sith is my favorite favorite oh uh, yeah i forgot about that one i always forget about that one yeah <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty okay yeah it's it's all right <laughs> wait hold on then if revenge of the sith isn't your favorite prequel what is your favorite oh attack of the clones that's right no, Rogue One is it's. <laughs> see, all that was just a setup for me to say that. I, I think Phantom Menace is is probably my favorite prequel of the of the three, the prequel trilogy. Like, if I'm gonna put one on to watch, it's always gonna be that one. Yeah. Well, and it's, and th- it feels to me almost like a contained story, whereas the other yes. two require a lot more outside of it to really function. Like, oh, you, you, like the those two movies, Attack of the Clones and. The third one, Revenge of the Sith, um, improve dramatically with the more extra film material you can bring to it. Like the more you've read or understand or played or seen outside of those films improves the experience of those two movies. But The Phantom Menace, I think, stands on its own two legs a whole lot 
stronger in that particular regard where you don't have to have as much. Now, I know I just made the argument 15 minutes ago that it expects you to do more homework. It does, but I think it's a stronger film on its own than at least those other two. Well, and I'm not making the argument. Be. Well, I'm not making the argument here that, uh, you know, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith are Empire and, and Return of the Jedi because those movies uh, don't. <laughs> no, no, no. But at the same time, you you do again, like you were saying, the more extra information you have on those movies, the better they become. Right. I think the big difference is, especially now that we live in this era of Clone Wars existing and everything like that, uh-huh. to really get the full story, you do have to go outside the movies of Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, where you don't have to with Empire and Jedi. I think that's the the Wait difference. Wait you don't us. consider Shadows of the Empire to be required reading anymore? I am shocked and appalled, sir. Yeah, uh, Shizor and his is important and his pheromones. <laughs> God, oh, I forgot about his pheromones when he's lounging back in his chair, turn, uh, literally turning it on. Love it. Oh, love it's it. so bad. It's, it's so it's cringy. Listen, I love that book. It's I do <laughs> like legit. I reread it a couple years ago, and where's my 25th anniversary of that? story right like i've got three copies of the thrawn trilogy where's my shadows of the empire hardback special edition dude seriously like it as a story like the story that's being told without all the weird creepy like hitting on trying to take advantage of Leia in very inappropriate ways stuff the story that they're telling actually really holds up it's it's a really really good it's a good book it's a good story and I mean, you've got your things. You're like, this is very 90s. Like, Dash Rendar oh. is very 90s. And Dude, Dash Rendar was amazing. We all wanted to be Dash Rendar when we were kids. Listen I to mean, this. Listen to this. It was, so, Shadows of the Empire's initial release date was December 3rd, 1996. This December will be 25 years. Ooh. So, what I'm saying is special edition hardcover release of the book confirmed. Uh, N64 re-release of the video game. Con- <laughs> uh, dude, well, they're coming out with all those new covers of, you know, things. They they have the Thrawn, yeah, they have I, Bane. I'm buying those. It's bad. I have the first Thrawn book in that. It's bad. It's, it's, this is going to get bad. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. It's not bad in quality. It's bad at, like, this is not going to be good for me. So let's, uh, let's, let's take a little break here and get into some trivia. We're going to bring Lindsay and Mark and Adriana into the studio, and uh, we'll... Let's see who takes the first step into the second round. I'm sure it'll be a friendly, lighthearted competition between companions and friends. That sounds like Lindsay. (laughs) The classic is a chance to bring much-needed money to our economy. The prize is 100,000 credits. The aces will be in it, of course, but this time I wanted to make it bigger than ever. So I'm calling on you, Yeager. The best of the best. Sorry. My racing days are long over. I knew you'd say that. But I also know you could never resist competing with a legend. It's been a long time. I'm sure I don't have to introduce famous sky racer Marcus Speedstar. Three-time winner of the Five Sabres. Whoa, Marcus Speedstar? I can't believe it. Hard to believe it's been almost 10 years, Jarek. 
Wait, you know Marcus Speedstar? All right, it is time for round one of the Clashing Sabres Star Wars Trivia Tournament. So the way that this is going to work is uh, we have teams. We have Drew and Lindsay representing Clashing Sabres. This is where the fun begins. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. Keep your concentration here and now where it belongs. The Force is what gives the Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. Surrounds us, penetrates us, binds the galaxy together. The Force is not a power you have. It's not about what you want. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Jedi's drink flows from the Force. May the Force be with you. Yes! Here we go. And we have... Mark and Adriana representing the collaboration between Forever Star Wars and Starships. Who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. It's very hard to understand you with all the I love that you don't know that. We're gonna do this. Well, why don't you use your divine influence? Partner, how could you let this dangerous criminal out of the brink? Well, because of you, now we have a chance. I can make some beautiful music with these. What? You! We don't have much time. I knew it! No, you did not. Hello. Hey. So these are going to be our teams, and then in other uh, competitions, we will have we will have Sith talk on, and uh, we will work our way through the movies. So round one is going to be the prequels, and this one is going to be the Phantom Menace. So here's how our trivia contests are going to work. We're going to play to fifteen, but we're doing volleyball rules, and you have to win by two. All right, two or more. When I ask the question, it will be directed towards one team. It will be directed towards either Clashing Sabres or Forever Star Wars and Starships. And that team will have the first opportunity to answer. If they answer without the multiple choice answer questions, they get two points. If they, if they need the answer choices, then it reduces their points to one. So they would get one point if they got that correct. If they give their final answer, whether that is with or without the multiple choice uh, option, then and they get it wrong, then it transfers over to the other team with the opportunity to steal, and they will be at the level that the prior team was at. So basically, if I ask Clashing Sabres and they don't take the multiple choice answers, they get it wrong, it goes over to Mark and Adriana, and if they get it right, they get two points. Simple as that. All right, so... Is everybody ready? Yeah, I am ready. All right. I have a number between 1 and 66. Is it what are you whoever do with gets that it first? Whoever, yeah, whoever, whoever's closest? Whoever's closest, everybody gets, to, gets a guess, all right? Can, so whoever's closest, closest. Without going over. No, no, no. Whoever's closest. <laughs> this will go all right. well. So, Nine. All right, Lindsay has nine. Mark? 38. 38, okay. Drew? 39. Okay, and Adriana? You jerk. <laughs> 23. The number was 35. Oh. So, oh. Mark, would you guys Dude, like to go first? Theory, just or defer? Direction. 
I know. Adriana, what do you think? Do you think we should defer? Um, so we can either see what the question is going to be like once he gives it to the other team, and then... Or you can get a head start. Or we can get a head start. Or we can have the first opportunity to steal. Uh, the drama, the tension... I say we just jump in feet first and do it. Okay, let's do it. All right. Here is your question. How old was Padme Amidala when she was elected Queen of Naboo? Adriana, do you know that? Isn't it 14? I'm thinking it's 14. Is 14 your final answer? Wait. Is she... She is 14 in the movie... But was she elected at 12? Oh, that's a good point. She was Naboo's youngest queen, right? Yes. Yes. Do I get a point for that? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta we... take what I can get here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, she's either 12 or 14 when she's elected. So and watch the... you, you still have the multiple choice option if you would like to go with that. And they're going to be 12, 14, 13. <laughs> 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 um, okay. See, I'm trying to remember when I read the queen, the queen's um, shadow and peril books. How long Good had times. she been? How long had she been queen prior? to that event I want to say she was she's 14 in the movie I want to say she's like 12 when she's I think elected. that's probably yeah I think we'll go but, okay you won't hate me if we're, <laughs> if we're wrong right you won't hate no me. no okay. all right Mark you, Mar- you Mark famous for holding grudges again. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's just secretly been a jerk this whole time we had no idea. <laughs> I mean, Mark's my favorite, so I'd be so, so crushed if you told me. <laughs> well, now we know that she has a ranking oh, going. Boy. She's got, okay. like, magnets, oh. and she moves them around on her fridge every morning. Just to, like, <laughs> There's way ranking. more writing on this first question than I realized. So. <laughs> so are we going with 12 or are we going with 14? <laughs> I think it's smarter to go with 12, but uh, yeah. Yeah, we're... Okay, so 12? That is incorrect. Gosh. Drew and Lindsay, for the steal, how old is Padme Amidala when she was elected Queen of Naboo? Drewski, we want to lock in at uh, 14? Yeah, let's go with 14. Yeah, let's go with 14. It is 14. Yes, because she was she was relatively new as queen. She was. You, yes. you were right. She was fourteen in the movie, but she was relatively new. I over see. I I was overthinking it. Oh my god! Gotta, gosh. gotta yeah. trust your gut on this. Yeah. What I remember was her being described as she was the youngest queen elected, mm. meaning she had been an age prior to fourteen when she was elected. But That's she's also I'm... referred to. She's also but... referred to as Nebu's newly elected leader, oh, and she also okay. could yeah, be. There's, there's they, they're saying that she was the youngest in Attack of the Clones, so they're like thinking back 
when oh, they I say gotcha. that. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I gotcha. With, perfect, with perfect memories. sense. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Clashing Flagship. Sabres team. Flagship show. Right. Two points on the board. Who owned Anakin Skywalker before Watto bought him? Ooh. Wow. Oh. Isn't it Gardula mm. the Hutt? Lindsay? Is, if you're confident, I'm okay saying it. If we want the, the choices, I'm also okay with that to see if that's one of the options. Because I really do not know. Could you read me the question one more time? Who owned Anakin Skywalker before Watto bought him? I mean, I, I feel pretty good about that. But if you want to take the, que- the uh, multiple choice, I think that's fine. Okay, no, no, no. If you feel confident, let's do it. All right, let's do, go with Gardula of the Hut. That is correct. Yeah. I knew that one. For nothing. <laughs> All right. Moving down, Adriana's. I like you, board. <laughs> I mean, oh, there's no doubt I was never... dead last already. Yeah, I was going to say Drew's always going to be last because he hates people, so... <laughs> Just for hating the attack of the clones. Pretty she much, has a, yeah. She has like a have... picture of him with the, the X on his eyes and she throws darts at him when she gets frustrated. <laughs> we should do a best in butts of uh, co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Mark and Adriana. By age seven, Padme Amidala had enrolled in which program? <laughs> what is it with these ages? <laughs> And pad my questions. It's on the tip of my tongue. I can kind of hear it. But um, if you want to get the multiple choice answer. I think we're gonna have to go with multiple choice. Okay. Your choices are A, the refugee relocation service, <laughs> B, the refugee food bank, C, the refugee transfer league. Or D, the refugee relief movement. What in the world? <laughs> That's Wait, not I what, feel like none of no, those are right. No, those are not the. There's not the answers I was thought that we were getting. I also feel like this is an Attack of the Clones question. <laughs> it's in the Phantom Menace you're right, era. You're right. No. All right. Maybe fine. Oh, okay. Right. Well, but reel it in. Reel it in. Let's not give it away. <laughs> okay. Can can I can I hear those one more time? The refugee relocation service. The Refugee Food Bank, the Refugee Transfer League, the Refugee Relief Movement. Adriana, I would be inclined to choose the last one. I was also going to say D was um, the one that. Final answer? Yes. Yeah, I guess. That is correct. The Refugee Relief Movement. We're on the board. Yes. We got one. Where's that answer from? Yes, that's what I want to know. Is it, it Queen Shadow? This book was published before those, but it is in, it's stated in Attack of the Clones, but it has to do with the timeline of the Phantom Menace. Oh, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to suck so, at this if we're, if we're pulling from the books, because I'm just not going to. So maybe it is good that you watched the wrong movie though, Mark, since apparently anything <laughs> goes now. <laughs> All right. Well, I, Clashing I sabers. Question the validity of this question. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one you got right. So don't. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not. Let's not don't give our points away. Let's not give our point up. <laughs> All right, clashing sabers. 
How old was Padme when she became oh an, an apprentice legislator on Naboo? Okay, see, that's what I abnormally thought she, that's, uh, yeah. No, no, no. I think it's 12 because that's what I thought. Oh, oh no. Okay, because uh, I can say to Drew, I was age. thinking of the legislative youth program. No, this would be apprentice legislator. Apprentice legislator? Apprentice. All right, she was of a certain age. What do you think about asking for the multiple choice here? All right, let's do it. All right, hit us with that A to D. A, 10, B, 11, C, 7, D, 13. Everything except 12. <laughs> <laughs> 7 or 13. And what was the, can you read the question one more time? How old was Padme when she became an apprentice legislator on Naboo? It's got to be 13, right? Right before she was elected? Yeah. Because I don't feel like their, pol their political uh, calendars run more than like a month or so. So what are you thinking? I'm thinking 13. And I'm, really, I'm really feeling uncomfortable about pinpointing a, a young teenage girl's age this frequently. <laughs> <laughs> There's part of me that does not really, I don't know, man. Feeling real weird about this. We're going to talk about like lightsaber colors soon, right? Oh, yeah. The questions kind of are in chunks here. So you got like a part about Padme and then you get parts about Anakin and stuff like that. All right. Parts All right, about their height. With, let's go with 13 then. All right. Swing it. 13, yes. final answer, yeah. is That's incorrect. <sighs> All right. Forever Star Wars Starships, 10, 11, 7, or 13? Well, I would not suggest. Yes, I was going to say, I would not suggest 13. <laughs> Wait, okay, so. It, it's not 7. 10, 11? Or 7. Or 7. It's not 7. It's not. Are you? I, I'm going to be really mad if it's seven because who puts a seven-year-old <laughs> into politics? Who puts a fourteen-year-old as a queen? She was a queen at fourteen. We're grading so, on a scale here, okay, so listen, let's go yeah. half age. Half age is seven. Oh, you want to go with seven? <laughs> I do. No. Um. I don't what know. What if the That's life so... expectancy on Naboo is only oh, like 28 years? <laughs> so if it's not, it's not over 13. I don't like 11. That's just an odd number. I an odd I'm number. torn between 10 or 7. I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's gonna be 7 because that is not the one that I want to pick. <laughs> I feel like it's gonna be 7 because I've made such a big deal about it. How it can't be 7, but yeah. That's, I, I that's mean, also how I feel. I am kind of inclined to choose 11 because that feels like a, a number that somebody would writing a book about Padme would choose. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> obviously we're not going on knowledge here because I have no idea. But uh, why don't we just go with seven for the heck of it? Let's go with seven just because I just want to I just want to be absolutely sure she was not put into politics at age seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one goes to 11. Ah. Uh. <laughs> well, at least I feel better about uh, nice. her parents now. <laughs> All right. 
so Forever Star Wars Starships, this is your official question. What did Anakin Skywalker do that made Qui-Gon Jinn think he has Jedi reflexes? I feel like it's very obviously, like... Wait, hold on. Okay, let's see. I'm thinking that it was... he. Does he not say that at dinner? Doesn't he, like... Isn't it the fact that he... The fact that he pod braces. Yeah. Because he goes, you, you must have Jedi reflexes. Yeah. I think, I think that's the thing that I was thinking of first. I think it's he finds out that Anakin is a pod racer, pod and racer. That's, that's what he determines. He must have Jedi reflexes to be able to... Final do answer? That's the final answer. All right. That is correct. Two points. Nice. And, and all of a sudden, they're back in the game. It is four to three going over to Ooh. Clashing Sabres. What did Darth Sidious call Dalte Dauphine when Dauphine remarked that their plan had failed? Stunted slime. Oh. Is it? That, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah? All right, let's do it. Stunted slime. He said, Viceroy, get this stunted slime out of my sight. Final answer? Stunted slime. <laughs> Final answer. Wait, hold on. Can you say that one more time? Nope. I didn't. Too late. Okay, I don't have as good Somebody of uh, headphones as you. There you go. All right, that is well, correct. You know. Yay. All right. All right. Mark Adriana, over to you. Why did Chancellor Valorum send Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan Kenobi to Naboo? Why did Chancellor well, Valorum send Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan Kenobi to Naboo? So, Adriana, it's because the Trade Federation had set up a blockade <laughs> and the Jedi were going to negotiate or lay down the law. <laughs> <laughs> were they going to ask nicely for them to stop or were they going to say, you better stop and we're here to make, put an end to this? Or how do we phrase this answer? I think that's why what I was trying to, like, how do I answer this? Yeah, because this one I feel like could be an essay if you yeah. wanted. Right. I mean. <laughs> well, you see. I, let's, let's, let's put it this way. What was. Um, I know that they were dispatched. To what caused them to be sent? It was is a better way to phrase. It was the blockade. Blockade. From the it was the blockade of Naboo by the Trade oh, Federation. Over. Oh, um, the taxation of trade routes. Good. Taxation of nice. trade routes. Six to five. All right. We are moving on. And Clashing Sabres, your question how old was Anakin? We're really on this age thing. I'm yeah, spit the question. Not we, not we, you. You. <laughs> I'm just going in order, guys. I'm just going in the order of this book. How old was Anakin Skywalker when Qui-Gon Jinn and, o and Padme Amidala happened into Watto's junk shop? He's nine. Well, he was nine, nine, right? Yeah. Yeah, nine. Yeah, nine. That is correct. Nine. I knew that. So you're going to ask us how old Obi-Wan is next, boy. Yeah, I'm okay. out. Can I just say, like, you give us the open-ended essay question, 
And you give me how old is Anakin? <laughs> no, I gave you how old on multiple times. All right. Yeah. You should. Yeah. You guys should be able to get this one. All right. Uh, what did Queen Amidala do as a security measure whenever she was in public? She, oh, well, she, this is an essay. Is it, is it, <laughs> she. She. Posed, she had one of her handmaidens. She posed as one of her handmaidens and had a handmaiden. Is that like? Is that? She used. To? Yeah, she used decoys. Decoys. Yeah. I'll accept it. That is correct. And it is eight to seven. We are neck in neck. All right. Ben Quadraneros is not playing. What did Anakin Skywalker give Padme so that she would remember him? Clashing Sabers, this is yours. Oh, well, it was that necklace thing with the... What was the name of the wood, though? I think it has, like, a specific... Do we, How specific do we have to get here? It's a Chapur snippet. Yes, there we go. That, Final answer. Th- that specific. That's how specific you had to get. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With the thriving. Incidentally, incidentally, that's something, something. <laughs> that's something I wrote down when I was watching Revenge of the Sith. Oh, he he mentions the Jakor <laughs> <laughs> I knew that one too because I oh, bought she... one. <laughs> All right. Mark, Adriana, this is over to you. What courageous act did Anakin Skywalker perform in the Battle of Naboo? They're using courageous very loosely here. Okay. Um, he... Not minding when he was told to stay put. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so he got into a Naboo Starfighter, and um, it was inadvertently, like, set to what was it like auto it was autopilot but the thing he actually did that made a difference was he was uh he fired upon those reactors within the federation what do you call it starship or (laughs) um he blew up one of those ships final answer Drew's over there going, mean, oh. I'll try <laughs> not to, to guys, I promise. Specific? No, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna get you on the name of the ship. Oh my god. Oh, he blew up a Federation ship from the inside out. Final answer? Uh, yes, I don't know what you want. From <laughs> yes, that's good. I want you to say final answer, that's why I keep asking it. Oh, final answer! What Thank you, you! What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, ten, ten to nine. All right, Phew. Lindsay, this Drew, you ready? Brutal. We're ready. We're ready. What age was Wado? <laughs> <laughs> All right. To whom did Qui Gon sell Anakin's pod racer when Anakin won the Boonta Eve Classic pod oh race? Oh my gosh! Holy cow! I mean, this is an incredibly wait, difficult wait. question, but I do love the, the correct use of to whom. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> I feel like it's um, No, I don't think so. No? Do you, I feel like he sold it to another racer who lost theirs in the pod race, and as we have noted before, most people didn't finish that race. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even really remember him selling it though. It's not. It's not in the film. 
he says, look, uh, we, he, Anakin says, we sold the pod. Look at all the money we have. But they don't actually show you the transaction or anything like that. It's it's echoes. Maybe it is to Boba then. Maybe we need the the uh, the uh, the. Yeah, let's get the the. the yeah, answer choices. choices. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> Your options are Kitster, Watto, Sebulba, or Jira. I mean, I say we go with Sebulba since it was it's, there and that was your initial yeah. thought. All right, yeah, Sebulba, okay, final answer. Sebulba. Sebulba. Sebulba is, right? is correct, yes. Oh, I'm so mad we used the answers then. Nah, it'll be fine. That's okay. All right, here we yeah, go. at least got the one point. Well done, though, sir. What was Jira going to do with a pod racer? <laughs> Mark and Adriana, this is going over to you. What was Supreme Chancellor Valorum's first name? I'm going to have to do multiple choice. I do not know this. Adriana, do you concur on the multiple choice? Um, yes. Okay. Your options are Tennis, Linus... Minus, <laughs> or wait for it, Minus. No, these are not the options. Unbelievable. A hundred percent true. Incredible. <laughs> Tennis, Linus, Finis, or Minus. <laughs> I can't even get through it without laughing. Okay, I'm gonna rule out the last one because it's not. He was not named Minus Valorum. There's no um, way he was named think- Minus Valorum. I feel like the. Will you tell me which one jumps out at you, and I'll tell you which one jumps out at me. The the two first ones, but specifically the first one. Um, yes, tennis is the one that jumped out at me as well. So, I guess is that is that the first one our final answer? Tennis or Lennis. Lennis Valorum is hard to say. Tennis Valorum rolls off. I would go with the first one. A. A. Tennis Valorum is incorrect. Lindsay oh, and Drew. The last one. We are going to lock in at Finis with an F. Yep. That is correct. All right. What's the score now then? The score is now 12 to 9. 12 oh, to 9. There's that two-point lead, my friend. All right, kick it on Incidentally, back. Incidentally, that's Padme's age and, and <laughs> at some point in their lives. <laughs> All right. Drew and Lindsay, this goes to you. What was Lot Dodd's position in the Trade Federation? It wasn't Viceroy, right, Joe? No, it was not Viceroy. That's Newton Gunray. Lot Dodd. Mm. Boy, they had jobs. Vice Viceroy? <laughs> Assistant to the cabinet of the Viceroy? Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what it is. I almost feel like it's counselor, but I'm not sure if that's right or not. It's 12 to 9, so if we go for I mean, the f- multiple choice, that still could put us four ahead and three. W- and so if we get the next was, one, be- it was. He was in the Senate, right? But, like, oh. does the Trade Federation have senators, or would he they be there, do. like, 
Do you think that's what it is? Yeah, because it's basically if Walmart had a Senate seat. So yeah, he would set. He would definitely. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, let's go with Senator. I like that. Senator is the correct answer. Drew, I'm so proud of us. You did it. All right. All right. It's not over yet. (laughs) Is it? We got some (laughs) tense music we could play underneath this or something. Dun, dun, dun. All right. This goes to Mark and Adriana. Who exclaimed, at last we will have revenge? Uh, it's Darth Maul. Exclaimed is being used very loosely. Apparently. Yeah, exclaimed. Yeah. Stretch. <laughs> it's. Don't you agree, Adriana? Thought that's Darth Maul. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. It's, it's it's Darth Maul. Yes. We're not going to yes. ask you Darth Maul's first name. <laughs> <laughs> it is it actually no. It's Menace. <laughs> Menace Maul. <laughs> <laughs> He's 21. All right. That's my final answer, Darth Maul. That puts the score at 14 to 11. Okay. So, are you ready? Clashing Sabers. I'm finding a question worthy of the win. Okay. Of what Naboo Council was C.O. Bibble the chairman? Was he finance? Uh, oh, I don't know. Is it a department like that? Because he's governor of Naboo. Oh, Can you read the right. question one more time? Of what Naboo Council was C.O. Bibble chairman? Uh, do you have a council of governors? I feel like no, that's I not mean, a thing, elect- is it? No, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. They elect queens on Naboo, so typical definition. True. Is exactly True. a point. Yeah, but how old was he? That's the real question. <laughs> uh, want the, what do we have, 14? 14, yes. And we played to 15? Played to 15. I don't know. I've- do you want to get the options? Because we just need one yeah. point. Yeah. But it's and this way, too, if we get it wrong, then Mark and Adriana would only get one point. All right. I'm down. Let's do that. Let's get the... Okay. Uh, let's get let's, the uh, we'll do the defensive the move of getting the options. Yeah. All right. Just going to spike the ball in the one-yard line. <laughs> <laughs> the governing council, the advisory council, the electorate council, the arts council. It's the oh, advisory council. Sure. I'm with Lindsay on this one. Yeah, advisory council. Final answer? Final answer. Yep. We have a yes! winner! Yes! I'll put some cool sound effects here or something. Sound Insert sound, sound effects here. <laughs> I feel like Drew and I are a good team because I like the strategy of how to get to 15 points where Drew actually knows the answers. <laughs> <laughs> you got a good bit of those. It was, I mean, honestly, that was a close game. I feel like, I feel like that's a pretty, 
pretty close well played, game guys. in future contests for Attack of the Clones. Adriana and Mark will be joining us again and going head-to-head -head with the folks over at Sith Talk. And then for Revenge of the Sith, the Clashing Sabers team will be going against Sith Talk as well. So make sure you stay tuned to those things and also make sure you stay tuned to the network because we are rearing up for our holiday fundraiser and are going to have some great prizes available for you on that again uh, so please make sure that you are supporting that cause and if you don't want to wait till then and you want to get a teacher nominated right now go over to clashingsabers.net click on the little menu and nominate a teacher because i have a lot of books sitting in my closet that i would like to send to teachers to start the new school year so doesn't have to be a star wars fan doesn't have to be anything except for a teacher we don't care doesn't matter about what grade levels um, i have a lot of elementary and upper middle uh, school books in my closet right now but doesn't matter we will make it work so go over there and nominate those teachers uh, and then just make sure you're following us on all the links in the thing below guys i think we we had a good start to the clashing sabers trivia team or contest and nobody's out of it yet Nobody's eliminated. This is not elimination for, for Mark and Adriana. And until next time, batch eight. Hi-ho. 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 It's off to work we go. <laughs> this is the first time somebody's made that joke. It's, I'm kind of embarrassed about it. The podcast you just listened to and all of the Clashing Sabers productions are the intellectual property of ClashingSabers.net. All sounds and materials used from other creators is their stuff, and we just use different informational and educational purposes. Bottom line, we made it, it's ours, they made it, it's theirs. Seems simple, but if you're still confused, feel free to email us at ClashingSabersNetwork at gmail.com. We have no association with Lucasfilm, Disney, or any of the other fine companies that make all this stuff we talk about. But, Kathleen Kennedy, if you need anything, let me know. I work for cheap. Now let's blow this thing and get out of here. <laughs>